a hole in the world like a great black pit And it's filled with people who are filled with shit And the vermin of the world inhabit it But not for long They all deserve to die They, like, just left No, well, it's a mattress, so, like, yeah. you know, it's just a just to plop it down but i got my mattress that's good congratulations they left right on time thank you um <laughs> yeah uh no i hate i hate when i'm like all right i've got to wait around and they're gonna be here between like two and four and then they're like actually two and five um oh no they got lost too oh that's you good okay. yeah yeah um is that why you were able to do uh, the piece on Are You the One? Uh, you combination t- of that <laughs> and just like being filled with a lot of feelings and being mad at my friends for not watching it with me. <laughs> I, had to, I had to, I keep like, because my friends are also into Are You the One, but they haven't been watching this season. Oh, so. Um, so I just needed, I had a lot of, thoughts and i needed to share them well it, it, i enjoyed reading it i haven't watched are you the one so, ten, 10 out of 10 I, good content what's what's the concept of the show so the concept of the show normally is they get 10 guys and 10 girls in a house they each have a quote-unquote perfect match that is decided beforehand and they have by to like, figure out and they have to figure out. So at the end of every episode, they have to pair each other off and they kind of have to do math and figure out. And if they if they uh, get them all correct, they split a million dollars. This wow. season, instead of 10 guys and 10 girls, they got 16 uh, bisexual people. That's and awesome. It was very fun, which is the gimmick I've been waiting for. <laughs> Well, it's the garbage I need. It's the tastiest <laughs> garbage. Um, do you re- did you ever watch um, Tila Tequila show? No, I never did. <laughs> it, but I, I'm familiar. It, I mean, she's she's a bad person, but um, I know. But I remember enjoying that when I was in like when was that on high school? Maybe middle, middle school. school? I think I always enjoyed that. I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting concept, but then like, I think I I have to be past the point where I like pretend that I'm above dumb reality shows. I love it. I mean, now there's just so much, I I feel like there's so much like analysis and stuff of all of them that like, Mm -hmm. you know, even though we've all kind of bought in like, oh, this is stupid, you know, there, there are a million other people that think it's stupid too, but also still really enjoy it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Chuck Klosterman has a really good essay about the real world from mm-hmm. his second book or something. Um, and, yeah, I remember the real world. And even though I never watched the real world, I was like, you know, I would like compare it now to like the other stupid, arguably dumber reality shows I watched at the time where I'm like, why do I think I'm better than everyone, even though I just watched Jackass and Viva La Bam? It's it's all 
whatever makes us happy, we just got to embrace it. Exactly. We got to enjoy it. Have fun. I think, I don't know if it's still true, but I think for a while, the Are You the One, like, official Twitter bio was, like, your favorite guilty pleasure. It's like they know what they uh, are. I, I saw that, well, because I tagged them in the Instagram mm-hmm. post today, so I, I clicked it, and it was like, your number one guilty pleasure. And I'm like, yeah, they know. Like, what- they know what's going yeah. on. Um. I was in a pilot for reality show once as an extra. Really? Um, I don't know if it ever got picked up or anything, but I was at... That's a, exciting. I was at a concert, and in between the bands, they were like, hey, downstairs in the nightclub, we're shooting a pilot. If you want to be an extra, come on down. And I was like, cool. Did you see what the gimmick of the show is? No. there. Oh, okay. There was just like a staged fight. <laughs> And, like, they've reshot it, like, three times, and I'm like, oh, okay. You know. That's fun. So, yeah, reality TV. Good stuff. Yeah, Um, it is. I was going to have a transition, and then I couldn't think of one. (laughs) I know. I could see the wheels turning in your head. Yeah. And I was waiting, waiting for that. That greasy transition. Well, because I I was going to transition. I had this all mapped out in my head. Where I was uh-huh. like, going to transition to talking about how I was in London last week, and then I was going to you were in I London was in last London week last week, um, and then I was going to be like, you know what I didn't get to do when I was in London, but I wanted to was tell my girlfriend, hey, let's go to Fleet Street, and uh, we didn't, but that's where Sweeney so- Todd lives. You're telling me the whole time in London you didn't eat any suspicious pies? No, no. I mm, I mean, I, I'd, I'd argue that it's suspicious that they have beans with their breakfast. Um, yeah, that is, I don't, I don't care for that. No, I don't. I, my girlfriend was like, oh no, this is amazing. And I'm like, um, that's because you're Irish and, you know, <laughs> I'm a dumb I'm, American. <laughs> I'm an American. We, we, my my palate ex- doesn't extend any further past a certain point. Well, it's not like the English are like known for their food, though. So I'm kind of that's l- true. Yeah, you know, um, I'm a little upset we didn't eat Indian food because apparently there's better Indian food in England than there is in India. Interesting. So, but yeah, but yeah, you know, no suspicious pies. Yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah. I think it, it should be part of the experience, but okay. <laughs> I, I'm positive. Uh, I'm positive if I if I had said let's go to Fleet Street, I probably could have convinced her to like at least look into it. <laughs> but also, it was her birthday. I think if it's not already, I think Sweeney Todd could be like a really corny like horror tourist thing. I'm pretty sure London. there is one. Um, okay, good. Because I... Because that sounds like the shit I'd be into. Yeah. I remember when I was in London, when I was, like, maybe 14 or 15, however old I was, um, I think it came up when we went on, like, the uh, the London, like, double-decker tour bus. Mm-hmm. And, like, we drove by a place, and they're like, this is where Legend of Sweeney Todd takes place. Right over there is a, a pie shop based on the meat pies. Um, and then there's... Right. What? 
Oh, I just said great. Oh, uh, and then there was like a, it came up, there's like an attraction called the London Dungeon, which is basically just like, it's almost like a museum, but not like, it's like going to like one of those historical sites where they have the actors playing people. Oh, okay. But they cover. Like an interactive. Yeah. But they cover like Sweeney Todd and like Jack the Ripper. And that's it. Okay. So. Sweeney Todd is based on real legend. It's not. Yeah. Historical, but like, who's to say? <laughs> Who knows? Um, it's also a legend that's been around for a very long time, which I. It's also like not that wild. It's not that unbelievable. Like, it's pretty no. nasty, but like. If this was like a real thing that happened, I wouldn't be that shocked. No, not at all. And I, I mean, you know, it's it's so funny because when you read like the origins of the Sweeney Todd myths and stuff, they're like, uh, oh, you know, Charles Dickens talked about uh, uh, people that made pies with suspicious meats, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't always like human meat. It was like, oh, you know, if if you get it on Wednesday, it's cat. Yeah, it's like whatever you find. Yeah. Whatever's available. Which, I mean, that that's something we still say happens today, you know? Yeah, you get I, a, I believe it. You get a burger from McDonald's, it's horse meat. Probably. I'm very comfortable in not eating meat and, <laughs> and being confident that that much of it is probably not what it says it is. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so so Sweeney Todd. So my for first of all, not the movie, not this movie, but the musical, the the nineteen seventy nine yeah. stage musical by Sondheim. is by Sondheim is I want to say my favorite musical of all time still. So like by a lot. <laughs> So I always wanted to see a stage version of this because I've never mm-hmm. seen a stage version uh, based solely on the concept and getting older, knowing that Sondheim also wrote the musical. It definitely has that sort of appeal to me. Um, but also, like, I've come to realize I don't think I'm someone that can listen to cast albums without seeing a show. So anytime I tr- okay, go. Sorry, continue. Oh, so anytime I try to like dive into this, I was like, I'm not feeling this. Um, so here's the thing: the reason I was so obsessed with this in I was like, it's my favorite musical still. Yeah. But in high school and middle school, it was my favorite thing because they did like a the filmed version of it. It's the Broadway musical, but it's like the professionally shot yeah. one. You could probably find it pretty easily with like Angela Lansbury and uh, George Hearn. And that's what I was obsessed with. Like that filmed version of it. I'll see if I could find that. That's interesting. It's well, it's like, I think that's how a lot of people see it uh, because it's the original. It's like, I think it's from like 1980 1981 and it's I know it like inside it out like I've seen it a million times and this movie version of it came out 
and I saw it, and I remember really not liking it because it was different. <laughs> but like rewatching it now, I appreciate it more. Right. Um, but I still don't like it as much as the original. It's not like my fave. Um, thing. so I saw this for the first time, like three months ago. Um, mm-hmm. and I didn't rewatch this, you know, recently just because I was in London. Um, right. but I, I figure three months, it's still relatively fresh considering I don't watch mm-hmm. a lot of movies. Um, but, um, my girlfriend loves this. This movie? Yeah, which I was kind of surprised by because she hates old things. And this movie isn't old, but she hates things that, like, take place in old times. Oh, okay. Uh, I was like, 2007 wasn't that long ago. Also, her and I have very different definitions of what's old and what's not. For me, old is anything that came out before I was born. For her, old is from the 90s or early 2000s. Um, Got it. Which, arguably, she is right, but also, like, it's not, I don't know, but... Time is a construct, (laughs) whatever it feels like to you. But so, I don't... But she loves this movie? she, She loves it, and... Um, I don't think I told her at the time we watched it because, uh, we were just looking for something to watch on, you know, a movie or something. And she was like, oh, let's watch Sweeney Todd. And I really wasn't in the mood for it. Um, Uh and I was like, but I'll still be a good boyfriend and watch it. But I was very vocal in the fact that I didn't want to watch it. So I couldn't admit to her afterwards that I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. So you, so you kept your pride and said you didn't like it exactly because you you had to you couldn't backtrack one hundred percent. Got it. I did the same thing with Billy Elliot when I was like fifteen. So you know, mm-hmm. some things never change. Um, Got it. But um, I've been listening to the soundtrack, you know, in the past couple of days, and I I really enjoy it. <laughs> This is, like, the, I mean, the soundtrack that I know is the version, the older version, and it is different, but I appreciate more, like, the changes that were made. I can't say it's for me, but, um, like, this sounds a little prettier. Uh, Every, they're, like, you know, they sound a little more polished, which like, I don't think entirely fits, but it fits Tim Burton. Like it fits Tim Burton's vision. It's like Tim Burton horror, not like horror comedy. (laughs) the way the original is. It's more modern. I mean, granted I haven't listened to the original, but would a good comparison be Phantom of the Opera's original cast recording and the, uh, the movies recording sort of, I think there's a bigger difference in this case because well, they changed the songs a lot too. They did. The casting is very different. (laughs) Like, Oh, that's interesting. Angela Lansbury 
1980 was already like in her 50s and she sounds like mrs potts and that's how she she plays love it uh which i enjoy so much (laughs) i think that's a more fun fit for the character but i also think like helena bonham carter like did fine i don't super she does she she puts her own swing on it um i don't super love johnny depp's performance that much but um i i mean admittedly watching johnny depp in most tim burton movies he's johnny depp playing johnny depp in tim burton movies Um, yeah that's i think that's the problem because like the the he he sort of acts i think in the original he's sweeney todd the character is like a little more verbose and in this movie he's a bit like brooding yeah, he's he's just kind of pissed off and annoyed, yeah. um, which is you know it's just different. It's not necessarily bad. Right. Uh, it's just I strongly prefer the the other. And that's that's to- like I said, I know nothing. I it, when I was doing research, I had read that they cut a handful of songs and they cut yeah. parts of songs a lot. That's true. Um, and I also read that the little boy is usually played as an adult. Yeah. So this was a thing that I kind of, I'm still going back and forth on this. Cause I think that was the thing that bothered me the most about this movie versus the, the original. Right. Because I think it's like part of like how sad this character is and how tragic his whole like arc is. Yeah is that he's a man in his, like, 30s, maybe, or 40s. Right. In the original, with, like, a severe uh, deficit and is unable to take care of himself and is very childlike. Right. And no one's no one has looked out for him his entire life. This kid, like, might be okay. He, like, it, <laughs> in this case, like, he, yeah, he is just a kid. He's just a kid, which is, I don't, I think, I don't know if changing it makes it sadder or not. Like, I don't know. I I think the reason they changed it is because maybe it's, like, easier to translate to film. Possibly. Like, kid. I, I don't know. I mean, I think... My original thought was that, no, they shouldn't have changed it. But now I'm watching it, and I don't know. I, I think it kind of works fine. I don't know if I, like, want to see an adult get abused either. I don't think either is, like, easy right. to watch. But, I don't... <laughs> yeah, that's... I'd be curious to see, like, what that creative decision was. Well, it, it's interesting that you phrase it like that too especially because i end up thinking this is sort of a fucked up way of thinking and i'm I'm fully acknowledging that now but to some extent we're kind of normalized to seeing children being abused in film and tv Um, no that that makes sense where you don't normally see an adult that's even if it's an adult that's you know uh you know, has a, uh, a deficit, uh, you know, you don't tend to see, you do tend to not see someone 
like that being abused in film or TV. And I feel like, so to some extent I end up imagining it as an adult and there's the part of me that thinks that that's sadder just because I'm not used to it. Where, where child abuse, that's, that's a classic film trope, you know? (laughs) It's like a thing. I mean, it's not that one is necessarily more sad than the other because they're both not good. They're both pretty bad. Um, but I think the reason it being an adult, like this kid could potentially like have a future after the events of yeah. this movie. Like he could grow up, maybe fend for, you know, he's, he suffered a severe trauma and like, obviously this is going to fuck him up forever. But, but he he could potentially like be okay on his own. In the original version, they make it clear that this guy can't be on his own. He's like a fully grown adult, and to some extent, that makes he it more hasn't tragic. really matured. And that's and that is more tragic because actually, the end of the stage musical as a, in the movie, it's like a lot faster. The very end when the kid. Uh, kills him and walks right. away in the stage musical it's toby kind of stays there for a minute like muttering like patty cake like he's oh. he's losing it like he's already he's his mind is gone and he kills sweeney and he starts like shaking and like turning the the meat grinder wheel uh. like he's he's it's so much more upsetting to watch I'll um, I'll have to see if I can like, find. This is like keep it short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's just like everyone's dead. Now he's here, you know. Yeah, so like knowing that, I guess maybe this that is was a, a happier bit ending. Much. Maybe this is a happier ending because maybe this kid is like, you know, finding his independence and is going to walk away from this stronger. In the original, it seems like this is the end. Like, he's just absolutely broken. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, maybe, like, I get why they made that change, because that might be hard to do in a in a film. Right. That you're trying to market as a Tim Burton film. Yeah. And not, like, a great tragedy. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed, to, it's supposed to be a fun adaptation of a Sondheim musical. That Tim Burton like, directed this, with Johnny Tapp. The musical and the movie, like, it's funny. Like, it's yeah. a horror comedy. This is a funny There's a lot of thing. silly stuff in it. Yeah, it's, like, gory and uh, macabre, but it's, it's, a, there, there's a lot of, there's a song making puns about eating people. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the song is much longer in the original soundtrack. <laughs> It goes on for a while. I mean, I think that's one of the things... I think that's one of the things that kind of took me off guard because, Grant, I knew nothing about that. You know, I I knew the concept, but I knew very little else. So I was just like, oh, you know, it's kind of like a scary musical. I'm stoked. And then, like, realizing, oh, there are jokes. You know, Sasha Baron Cohen has a pretty big role in this. It's... It's very, like, cheeky. It's that, like, yeah. British, <laughs> like, sly black humor yeah. uh, that I really like. Um, and even, like, the the song that I keep 
coming back to is Epiphany. And yeah. just hearing, you know, Sweeney start going, everyone must die. You know, it's it's so comically overblown that you're like, it's, I kind of love this. And, like, there is a catharsis to it because comedy is cathartic, but also, like, it's so silly. And the abrupt, like, changes in what he's saying just yeah. in that song uh, is, like, he's... He, He's, like, singing about how he misses his daughter, and then he's like, everyone should die. Like, it's it yeah. goes, like, from, from being sad to being just pissed off, and it's, like, very abrupt and a lot. Yeah. Um, that's why I don't really love, like, the decision to cast Johnny Depp, although, like, who else was he going to cast? Because I think I Johnny that's... Depp is a little... He, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I felt like Johnny Depp was a little too subdued. Like he, well, John Johnny Depp kind of comes with a certain level of cool. Yeah, he's too cool. He's yeah. like an he's like a, an emo teen. He's not like a man with years of yeah. <laughs> experience. I I'm kind of running through my Johnny Depp performances in my head. And, like, there are a couple of times I could think where he sort of deviates from Johnny Depp playing Johnny Depp. But they're yeah. few and far between. Yeah, he, I mean, there was no world where Tim Burton was going to make this movie and cast someone other than Johnny Depp in the main role. So, one of the things I did read was Sondheim, when he agreed to give Burton the rights, he said he retained final uh, casting decisions. Um, so he he was sorry it froze. Oh, he he retained final casting decisions. I think you're frozen now. Hello. Oh no, I'm the one that's frozen. Hello. Hello. Is it working? You you're completely frozen. Is it? You're, can you hear? Or you're see me? frozen, but I can hear you. Disconnected. Uh, yeah, I did that just because I was like, I feel like that's no, the... no. I know it was. It totally froze. I was about to do the same. Okay, cool. Um, what were you saying? You I you cut oh. off. Right before you were saying about Sondheim and casting. So Sondheim retained final casting decision. Uh, he did in everything, and he had said that he was. They. Uh, it was reported that apparently he was hesitant because he assumed Johnny Depp was going to have more of like a rock voice than a yeah. theater voice, which he kind of does. But I, I think generally he he's suited for what he's supposed to have here. Um, and I mean, he, he gave his okay on Johnny Depp. So, um, but you know, it's, it's one of the, you know, it person's not always right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely just a matter of translating one medium to another and something's just, you know, it's a Tim Burton movie. It's going to be his style. Yeah. Uh, but 
for this story, personally, I'm just, like, not as big a fan of, like, how gentle the two of them are. I mean, yeah, they're, like, crazy people. But, um, they're not, I feel like they're a little bit too, they, they're, they're a little too like pretty and put together. Well, so what I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to assume the stage show is almost cartoonishly macabre where like, and I could just imagine, you know, something like epiphany being like everyone must die just like thrashing around the stage you know screaming almost yeah it's well it's a little more um it's a little bit more like that like it is more stagey and more like right you know projecting to the back row but the in terms of like the set and the costumes and stuff it doesn't look like this oh it's really? very like it looks very you know like no one's no one is wearing like a black corset. Like everyone looks pretty realistically like how they would I think in the version I saw in the filmed version, the famous one, Sweeney Todd is just wearing like suspenders. Oh, okay. Like that's it. Like he like there's no like costume it's not excess. In it. it doesn't look like Hot Topic sponsored the movie. Yeah. It, yeah. it does not look it looks like Perhaps a little bit more real, like people wear colors. <laughs> what, what you'd what you'd probably see if you walked down the streets in Victorian London. Yeah, it's the dark part of it is the content. It's not so much like how it looks. Okay. This movie is a little bit more stylized. One hundred, which you can't avoid with a Tim Burton movie, realistically. Of course, like but, it looks like a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is one thing, you know, you know, I don't know. It's funny just because, like, I'm trying to think if there is a Tim Burton movie that isn't really stylized in this sort of way. Um, Only one I can think of would be Ed Wood. Yeah, yeah. Which it, in and of itself kind it's of stylized is. stylized in a different way, but. Yeah. It, it, people forget it's a Burton movie right. sometimes. Yeah. Because he has such a distinct look. Yeah. Um, um I don't know. I mean, I kind of prefer the the version that is I feel like this movie is actually a little more cartoony than probably. In ways. You, you, you like I said, I'm just kind of going <laughs> I'm like <laughs> is this it? <laughs> I'm like no, wrong this, and you should be ashamed this is where i think this is what i think you mean and then i'm like no <laughs> okay uh, but yeah um and this is impossible but do you think if you hadn't seen the the filmed version of the stage show you'd be able to enjoy this one more i think so okay. i think i would like it more um because the things I don't love about it are just mostly changes. Right. Uh, I But, like, all things considered, it's a pretty good adaptation. If I just went into it blind, I would probably have a great time and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so, like, me criticizing it for that is maybe not fair. It's more, well, it, I mean, you know... 
having opinions is it's all subjective and right. like I don't super love some of the creative decisions in it, but like I don't hate them. Like I think it's overall a good time. Yeah. I I feel like I feel like that's sort of the general case with anything that Tim Burton makes that's an ad- uh, an adaptation where if you kind of go into it blind you can probably enjoy it except Alice in Wonderland that movie was bad. Um oh, I hated um, I've I've never seen the original Alice in Wonderland. I've only seen the Burton adaptation, and it was horrible. When you say original, do you mean the, the Disney, Disney one? version? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, not the same. I've read the book like three times because that's okay. a, a standard in college. But uh, sure. You know, but yeah, no, I I hated Burton's take on it. Mm-hmm. But even like watch. I actually think, what has Tim Burton remade? This, or has been um, an adaptation, I should say. Like an adaptation? Yeah. Uh, Charlie and Charlie the Chocolate, and Chocolate Factory. Factory. I think I might have seen that version before the original. Um, I might have also, I'm not sure. Um, I just had another one, and I'm forgetting now. Yeah. Yeah, why can't I remember? Oh, he did, like, Dark Shadows. It was, oh, right. It was based on something that wasn't as popular or like well-known. Like a 70s but it, TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was an adaptation. Um, I'm going to look this up because it's going to bother yeah, me. Yeah, he's definitely done others, right? There's, there's, like, one that I'm thinking of that I can't put my finger on. And I just typed in Sweeney Todd into IMDb. Uh, <laughs> Tim Burton. Uh, any character that Johnny Depp plays in a Tim Burton movie, I think, is just Tim Burton writing himself. Yeah, I think he's not hard to read as an yeah. auteur. <laughs> like, he likes these types of characters. Yeah. Um, Batman. Oh, yeah, Batman. Technic- Although that's one of his more beloved movies. It is. That's true. So, um, Oh, he just released Dumbo, but I didn't see Oh, that. that was the one I was thinking of. I didn't see it, but I remember Sleepy when Hollow they announced... Sleepy Hollow is what I was thinking Sleepy of. Sleepy Hollow, of course. Yes. I remember when they announced that he was doing a Dumbo. Dumbo. People were like, really? Like, are you yeah. just spinning a wheel and <laughs> picking whatever <laughs> throw, property you throw have knives. the right to? Yeah putting up Disney properties on a dartboard and throwing them at it. Yeah. Cause this, uh, with something like, um, Sweeney Todd, like Tim Burton making Sweeney Todd seems like too perfect. Like it, yeah. it's so perfect that I feel like it wasn't even his idea. I feel like he must've gotten tons and tons of requests. <laughs> like, well, so like <sighs> this movie is exactly your speed and you have to make it. It's a classic. But I, I, uh, Granted, uh, there there are a handful of Tim Burton movies that like have their own sort of cult following that like I I haven't seen like I've never seen right. Big Fish and I've never seen Mars Attacks, but like Tim Burton he he's got a he he has a type generally. He does. I Excuse think me. just a I could be wrong, but I think the idea of making Sweeney Todd a movie came first. And yeah. 
they came to him. Um, like, he was like, they, just a guess. It just feels like a, like who directs like cryptic, like dark, macabre, but like kind of silly stuff. The the, the argument I would have against that mm-hmm. is because in my research, they they said that Sondheim like Burton convinced Sondheim to let him adapt it. Oh, okay. Which that's the only thing case I could see being the case. And just because like, I, I feel like that sort of meant, I feel like that sort of thought kind of fits better with something like, like dark shadows where it's like, Hey, right. we've got this IP. This seems up your alley, Tim, you know, you want to take it. Let's, like you're the guy yeah. who does dark comedy or um, whatever. But yeah. And I, I did enjoy this. I didn't see Dark Shadows. I only saw parts of it. Yeah, neither did I. Um, but, like, I feel like generally when y- you leave, I was almost called him Stephen King, uh, Tim Burton, <laughs> with, with this sort of stuff, you're generally going to get a pretty okay product at the, ve- at the very least. Yeah, I, I mean... I haven't seen every one of his films, no. but Tim Burton movies, like for me, I have have ranged from like pretty good to just okay. I haven't, I can't think of a Tim Burton movie that I like despised, unless I'm just not remembering one. I'm so I'm just looking at his IMDb with all the stuff he's directed, and. It kind of, you know, when I'm thinking of the things that were definitely hits, you know, there's, uh, or at least things that, like, at least at the time seemed like they were, like, well-received, like Mm -hmm. Frankenweenie, Corpse Bride, you know, even, like, Sleepy Hollow, which I didn't like, but I I have a lot of friends that do like that movie a lot. Yeah, it's not, like, a movie that's, like, bad and everyone agrees it's bad like it's yeah. something there's an audience someone. for it yeah where when i look at something like dumbo or alice in wonderland or charlie and the chocolate factory those are a little bit more obvious misses where they yeah. kind of clash with his style the only one that's really an exception is a movie i love which is Wee's big adventure that which is bizarre. another one that people forget is a Tim Burton movie, that's, but I will uh, never forget it's a Tim Burton movie. That's his, that's his first feature-length movie. Yeah. He did that. He did Beetlejuice and then Batman. Yep. <laughs> what uh, a lineup. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, he's not my fan. And like, I like him when I like him, but I've never yeah. been like a hardcore fan or anything. I, I have my moments where I'm like, uh, oh, fucking love Tim Burton, but then like other times that I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. He's hit or miss. He, he's also um, easy to make fun of to some extent. He is because it's so, he has such, his, his style is so weird and so yeah. distinct and has kept hot topic in business since like 2002. <laughs> <laughs> you, so you like, weren't an emo kid if you didn't own Jack Skellington something. I went into a hot topic recently for the oh, first time terrible. in a while. I fucking it's still, hate it. But it's still like, 
I mean, you know, they have like current pop culture stuff, but like they still got Burton shit. Like yeah. they're never gonna get rid of it. I I mean it's always the, gonna be there. There's certain staples that I think Hot Topic can't get rid of, but I do think the the contingency of Burton uh merch that they sell is less than it probably was when when I was haunting hot hot topics. Haunting? <laughs> haunting. Uh I use that lurking around the aisles. I use that verb a lot, but uh that's the most fitting place to use it. It does. It fits. Um but but yeah, no, I uh I don't know. I, I feel like a hot top. I feel like there's always going to be goth kids that love his stuff. And like, yeah. admittedly the friends of mine that I know that loved Sweeney Todd, like when we were in high school and stuff were people that also were like rocking Jack Skellington stuff. Absolutely. Now. Um, I mean, hot topic still has like the same staples. Now it seems like Stranger Things has taken over as their new favorite thing. I remember seeing a lot of Stranger um, Things stuff. Sense. There's a lot of, I remember when I went, there was a b- lot of like Bohemian Rhapsody stuff. Like not really? even like Queen stuff, Hi. like Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, that, seems, that doesn't fit at all. Um, I don't think. No. I, I don't, they, Hot Topic has changed a lot over the years, but it definitely kind of seems like they're they're less tailored to like goth as they are they're more like i'm gonna we're gonna lean towards like semi quirky like middle and high schoolers yeah they have a lot more from what i noticed they have a lot more pride stuff which would be fine except it's all like so cringy it's a lot of like straight don't hate like Uh. uh love is love and then it'll have a picture of like a dildo like it's it like stuff that's like hashtag edgy it's and like fuck you mom and dad it's taylor Uh, swift's um you need to calm down music video as a store kind of like there's (laughs) there's you know a lot of um i saw a shirt that's like it was in the same section as the other pride shirts but i don't even know if it counts as a pride shirt that said like I'm straight, but $200 is $200. And then it <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's, I, that's not real. <sighs> it was like on the same shelf as the other. Like That's, that's weird because, so like, I, I always felt like that was like just a stupid frat boy joke. Yeah. But they all, because like, I, I've seen a bunch of shitty, you know, homophobic guys post i'm not gay but twenty dollars is twenty dollars like as instagram captions and i'm like yeah i that's problematic somehow and i don't totally know how to phrase that yeah it's you know it had it, it had a lot of stuff that was like you know i'm straight but don't hate like it right. wasn't that it, it it was shirts for allies, I guess. Which, but, uh, which are also not super cringy. like clever or funny. Yeah. Um, allies don't need shirts. It's all right. They're, just, they're, just be nice. <laughs> there usually aren't good ones. I feel. Yeah. I this this is random, but it it was a weird thing that I noticed on a job application the other day. They. Uh, I, you know, I was 
clicking through and I got to the, you know, uh, what's your gender, what's your race and stuff. And then it got to, are you a member of the LGBTQ community? I've seen that too. And I've, I've seen that in a handful of places, but usually it's just yes or no or decline to identify. Um, mm-hmm. But I saw one, but this one said, yes, no, y- no, but I identify as an ally. Really? Why? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, I was kind of like, does ally count as? <laughs> well, that, that was what I, I'm like, you know, <laughs> I, I, ally, I don't, ally isn't an identity. It's just, it's not, no, I, it's something you should be, but yeah. I, I don't know. It, oh, it, that's so weird. But like, that's like what the hot topic I imagine is now. <laughs> Uh, it's, you know, it's for, I think it's for, uh, young people who are like just learning what edgy means yeah. and are kind of trying at it out, but still being super insecure and not being okay yeah. with like. The, the other thing that I've kind of grown a little bit resentful of towards hot topic is like, they kind of, they sell themselves as like the edgy goth, you know, when I was in high school, you know, the punk and metal store now, not so much, but like, I, now I just realized like, Oh, hot topic is a huge fucking corporation. Yeah. I mean, and, of course it is. And that's why they charge, you know, like $25 for a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've paid $20 for a t-shirt, like from a band. I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. go into hot topic and spend $20 on, a, a Led Zeppelin 1977 tour t-shirt. Or like a mug that says like, like coffee gives me diarrhea. <laughs> like that's the kind of They probably sell that too. Oh they, man. They literally do. I was that's there terrible. recently. <laughs> oh no. You know, stupid stuff. Hot, hot topic did a lot for me when I was, when I was a young, you know, angry teenager, right. but uh, now not so much. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all go through a hot topic thing. <laughs> I, st- I still will pop I my head in did. if I see one. But yeah. I feel like I'm just never going to buy things from Hot Topic again. <laughs> um, oh, boy. But, yeah. I feel like when I was in high school, they sold Sweeney Todd stuff at Hot Topic. I feel like they had to have, right? Like, like at least like a t-shirt that just had the movie poster on it. I mean, or the this movie, movie is the movie was pretty well received, right? Like, generally, it did I pretty so, well. Yeah. Like, people generally liked it. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it's not for everyone, but it did okay. Yeah. If you want, I don't know if it got like a cult following of teens. Like, it kind of did, but not not as much as like Nightmare Before Christmas. I <laughs> like, well, I think the people that probably form the cult around it are just people that wanted more nightmare before Christmas. Yeah. So, uh, that sounds right. You know, not so much people that were like, Oh, this is the best movie ever. It's just people that already love Tim Burton movies. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, I still like, Everything I like about this movie is what I like about the musical. Like, I think it's just really good 
source material. It's oh, just yeah. a really well written thing. It's a uh, it, it's a great story. It, it's a it's a great legend. You know, it is. It's it's a great anti-hero. Yeah. And and he has he has good motivation for you know his stu- you know some of the senseless killing, not totally the best, but I mean like you know he the the yeah. fact that he's just trying to like get his daughter out from this pedophile that wants to marry her, you know, is solid. Yeah, and I think I think the way it plays out is really good and really smart because it's it's a he gets so caught up in revenge that he loses sight of what he was getting revenge for. And he ends up like killing his wife inadvertently because he wasn't paying attention. Yeah. And he was just so caught up in like getting back at his enemies that he like forgot about his loved ones. Yeah. Which is like, that's like, that's breaking bad. Like that's perfect. (laughs) Everyone. Everyone likes an anti-hero. I didn't watch Breaking Bad, but, uh, but it's, I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, if you just think about it, like, logistically, you know, it was, what, 1780-something, London, everyone was poor, no one was paying attention to things, they didn't really have, like, a great, I didn't, I can't imagine they had many detectives that were... No super on the lookout for shit like this. I mean, I always uh, think... And it's, you get money and you expose the bodies and you sell the bodies and you can rob them. I always think in my in my secret aspirations to be a career criminal, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was just born in the wrong decade. Right. You know? It would be so much easier to be a criminal uh, back in the day. 200 years ago. Ideal. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. No one's getting caught back then, you know. You could just like rob a place and run, and if you run fast enough, like you're they're, good. They're not, and then you go to the next town, and they're like, they don't know. They don't know just like, are. who's this rich man coming to town? Yeah, you know, it's I don't know. So Born in the wrong decade, and now I'm too old <laughs> to get into crime too. I feel like, I feel like now you got to do it through organized crime, and like with that, you got to get in when you're a little kid. Hey, you know, not with that attitude. No, I'm too old for it. It's never too late. And this you is gonna this is this is already recorded on my computer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> police investigation is gonna it's gonna catch me. Yeah, if this were 200 years ago and podcasts didn't, weren't a thing, you could have been a, a very wealthy podcast. Criminal. Is just you go down to the pub and you're like, I'm gonna rob a bank. Yeah. And they're like, uh, let's buy you four drinks before you do it. <laughs> I was born in the wrong generation. Born in the that, wrong generation. People, when people say that, that's what they mean. Um, <laughs> usually, no, but that is what I mean. <laughs> yeah. They, they think they're talking about, like, uh, the 90s, but what they're really talking about is, I want to be a 17th century uh, serial killer who robs their victims. I mean, I, I'm basically one of those people that, like, you know, I'm like, I was born in the wrong generation. I feel like I, I, I could have been, I feel like I would have fit in really well in the 60s. But by fit in, I mean fit in with the Manson family, you know? <laughs> not, yeah. not someone that would listen to the, I would listen to the Beatles. But, uh, but yeah. So, I don't know. I, but yeah, I, I generally enjoyed this. 
even though I my girlfriend think... doesn't think I did. Uh, I hope she's not listening to this or you lose. <laughs> I texted her that we were doing this and she was like, uh, oh, you better say good things because that movie's great. And I'm like, I've been listening to it. I like it. Don't worry. I mean, I think the changes they made in terms of like what songs they kept in, I think they kept the really good songs. I mean, yeah, there are way more songs, but like the important ones, like the ones they couldn't cut and the ones that I think are like the best, they're all there. Um, The only song I didn't like was Mrs. Lovett's where she's like imagining a life. Oh yeah, that's like a pointless song. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in both versions. Um, uh, that one I'm not crazy about, but I mean, you know, I also didn't I, like seeing them in bathing suits at the beach. Yeah, that was weird. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> this doesn't fit in in any Tim Burton movie. <laughs> yeah, that little. I mean, I guess that's the joke: is that they like they look like uh, two goth kids at the beach. Yeah. Who, like, don't want to fit in and are very much not part of the vibe but i i mean it's fine it it could have been cut and that would have been okay i don't think it's like a bad song it's just kind of you know it's kind of a boring song i guess um um i also like forgot how young joanna and anthony are like in the stage musical i like you don't realize that they're supposed to be like 15 in the movie. Well, they cast like kids. Yeah. It's, it's and sad. Relatively unknown kids too. Yeah. Just, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, cause I'm looking at Jane Wisner played Joanna right now. I don't know if she's had much of a career after this. I, I looked it up. I think she's just like, a singer, but she's not, you know, okay. uh, known very much outside of like stage stuff. She was uh, also in a 2011 production of Jane Eyre, which okay. I don't know. Northern Irish. I don't know. Uh, otherwise I think Alan Rickman is so good <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. That's a really good casting decision. Didn't love Carter or Depp, but Rickman, um, I think he did well. Rickman and Timothy Spall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they Absolutely. they were a good pair. Yeah, you know, but also, like, Alan Rickman, kind of solid in everything, you know? He is. I mean, it's not a controversial thing to say that <laughs> yeah. Alan Rickman was a great actor, yeah. and a beloved actor who was gone too soon, but I think just... It was a really good casting decision. Yeah. he. I think he plays it so well as, like, this evil, despicable human being who's also just kind of a dumbass. Yeah. And really up his own ass and full of himself, so he's also kind of comical. Yeah. Uh, like, he's, he's a very powerful man, but he's just a big baby, which is, like, a great villain, I think. Uh, it's a like, it's a fun archetype of a villain. It is like this guy is clearly just like an insecure asshole and uh, 
pedophile and a terrible human being, and he was just given enough power to act on the things he yeah. wanted to do. But he's not, like, a smart man. He's not, like, cunning. He's just a man with a lot of money. Yeah. I, which, which is great. Yeah, I and I think... And I think having Alan Rickman... Alan Rickman's someone that can do a nuanced performance like that. He can. He's also, like, really creepy. Like, he's yeah. a creepy guy, and he well, plays him creepy, as he just should. He's not, like... Yeah, I... Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why Alan Rickman did so well as Severus Snape. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great Alan Rickman part. Um, I... I think it's a really good villain. That kind of like Frollo-ish type yeah, villain. That, that was um, what I was going to think. That's what it reminds me of. I think that's just a really, there are just some really good characters in this. Yeah. And he, uh, this is something that like, I don't remember if there was ever a point when I was in high school that they said that, that people said they wanted to do this, but I could definitely see this being a great musical for, like a, a high school with a big drama department to do just oh, because absolutely. there's so, there's so many good parts, good even parts. if they're small parts and there, there's a lot going, you know, even just watching this, which is obviously kind of pared down from what the stage show would be, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure there's, I mean, the original musical is like longer, a little bit, uh, there are some things that you could certainly cut out to make it easier to do for amateur productions or high school productions. Um, I my my favorite thing to do sometimes is like this is like so lame to admit, but like I t- there are two shows I do this with is I look for like clips from like amateur high school productions of Sweeney Todd and Carrie the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> specifically two things with Sweeney Todd I always see like how they did the chair because there are a lot of there are some high schools that the lower budget versions are very funny because it's just like they'll just like pretend to be choking and collapse and then in other productions they'll have a chair that like has a trap door under it (laughs) it's creative where like he'll it'll look like they just like slide right into the oven or something. Right. In Carrie, I <laughs> this is I highly recommend doing this. It's very fun. Is Carrie became like a really popular high school production to do, and at the end of Carrie, when like everyone dies at the prom, how the fuck do you do that as a stage musical? Right. So like there are some schools that like really went balls to the wall. Like some of them, they got like harnesses so that the kids could levitate that's uh, wild there was one school that like they had a kid it looked like his guts were falling out and like that doesn't happen in the movie <laughs> like, um, they didn't need to do that and I, then some of them it's just interpretive dance until they all collapse <laughs> so i i know nothing I, i've seen carrie obviously yeah. um i haven't seen the remake but i haven't seen I know nothing about the musical besides it was canceled like right after it went on Broadway, right? Oh, I oh, I could go so into Carrie the musical. I'm fascinated by that. It's so short. Well, but it like you, it's kind of a cult classic in that sense too. 
They made it in the 80s. It did horribly. It came off. And then they made it again in 2012. And they fixed some of the problems. But it was but still carried the musical. Right. Because <laughs> so, well, I, so I remember it coming back because my, my girlfriend at the time was super into theater. Yeah. So I was kind of like, so like I followed the news a little bit. And I'm like, this seems like it'll be up my alley. And then never really looked into it past that. Um, mm-hmm. but I guess the fact that it's become popular in high school, that I'm very curious about that. It's so funny because they all do it different and they, regardless of how they do it, it's all very stupid and extra because like, it's not their fault because choreographing a staged telekinesis prom massacre is always going to be a mess. Like there's no right way to do it. So they either go full gory with, like, special effects and harnesses to make kids fly, or they just, like, do some interpretive dance and pretend to be choking and roll on the floor until until they have, like, a sound effect of an explosion, and that's it. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> just great content. Uh-huh. I've, like, marathoned these videos before. I highly recommend it for anyone. I'll I'll have to look into that because uh, I I did get a little bit curious into looking up amateur not even amateur but just various productions from listening to everything is rent um, yeah and they talk about like oh you know you could just find clips of just montages of people singing one part <laughs> my favorite like I I think more than one school probably did this but my favorite story about amateur productions of rent is changing aids to like diabetes <laughs> really <sighs> like i feel like i have heard about that but that, i forgot it sounds like it can't be real like if you're gonna make that change why do rent at all like clearly it's not well yeah i re- when i did the the rent school edition or whatever um mm-hmm. i remember they said they were like you know there's n- they cut out all the language and mm-hmm. um it's and like they cut out the song contact which like why even bother because like you don't know what's yeah. going on there anyway and then like they just said like th- they did give the warning they were like we need your parents to sign off on this because they're still having sex. They're still using drugs. They're still using heroin, and they all still have AIDS. So, like, it's still <laughs> what rent. the show is about. Yeah. So, like, if you're if those things are concerned, do a different show. Yeah. Like, just don't do rent. Because um, um, if you change it to diabetes, then it doesn't make any sense. Um. <laughs> Uh, well, you know about the diabetes. Maybe in like forty years, when the obesity epidemic gets really bad, diabetes will be relevant. No, I don't want a version of Red with. I kind of want. Like, there will be a new um, adaptation of Blob OM. Probably. Um. But yeah, I don't, the I was gonna write a transition, but. I was going to say, you think you could do a modern take on Sweeney Todd? That would be hard, but I would love to see it. How, I mean, it's like defined by how, where and when it takes yeah. place, but like, I could see like a really cool theater teacher being like, what if Sweeney Todd, but it's 1999 
in Ohio. Like I could see someone trying to do that. Um, are you familiar with Henrik Ibsen? No. Um, he's, I think a German playwright from like the 1800s, like long dead, but he wrote a lot of like modern theater classics. I think like he wrote dollhouse and stuff, but, uh, one he wrote was called an enemy of the people. Um, and we did that in high school and it was like 2011 and the director was like, we're setting it in 2011. We think it's still relevant. And like it translated relatively well. So like, I think think there's some aspects of this that would need to be tweaked. But I also think that like, I don't know if Sweeney Todd just had that, that red, white and blue swirly thing outside his shop, you know? Oh, Oh, I mean, I guess Sweeney Todd, would make no sense if you changed the time period, but like I would be very curious to see someone try. Because like it, this, this cannot happen outside of like 1785, right? Is I don't is know. it supposed to be 1785? I don't know if it's 1785. Oh, okay. It's just a guess. <laughs> you said that like twice, and I'm like, I feel like Victorian is the 18. 18- I think my brain just thought 17 and then 85 just flowed nicely and it just sounded right in my head but it might be way off if it was 1785 uh sweeney todd would be drafted into the british military and fighting against the american revolution uh i would think that that would be part of the story if like that's probably where turpin sent him um (laughs) if it if it took place in that exact time because they're kind of unclear, like, where he went. Like, did he just send him to jail? Uh, well, it, they just say he's exiled, right? Yeah, they just, like, sent him away. Who knows? I don't know. Um, the first Sweeney Todd story appeared in 1846. Okay. But when it's set, not totally sure. It's set uh, in a a, a time period that's, like, not really any time. Yeah. Where it's kind of, like, just a different time. Like, the the old days. It's not very historically relevant, I guess. But, like, I guess the idea is it had to be set in a time where, like, you could get away with feeding people humans for a long time and, like, not get caught. Like I said, born in the wrong time period to be a criminal. Yeah. Would have been perfect. I know. Um, the, the one thing I did want to touch on before we wrap up, it's based on a 1973 play. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess it was a play first. Yeah. I'd be curious to, I'd be curious to read that just sort of in the sense how familiar are you with Spring Awakening? Very. Oh. I, I know it. Do you know I the like it. play that it was based on? No. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I read the play for a theater class once, and, like, it's... Granted, the songs aren't there, so, like, that's different. But dialogue-wise, it's exactly the same. Hmm. So I'd be curious how much is changed from that. I mean, Spring Awakening, I like Spring Awakening, the musical, but, um, there are some, there are some moments that are like, 
I think there was one line where they say, like, I go up to my room and turn on the stereo, and I'm like, what the, what, yeah. where are we? <laughs> like, um, I, I guess yeah. it's just the mood of the song, but, like, it's, otherwise it, like, pretty objectively takes place in, like, what, it, like 18th century Germany? It's either, like, 1800s Germany or, like, early 1900s. I think the play was yeah. written in the early 1900s. Okay. Um, but I mean, but it's also, I don't know. It's one of those things where it is, it's sort of strange to have characters like Hersteeple and, you know, uh, I can't remember anyone else's name besides Hersteeple. Um, but like with these uh, super old school German sounding names and then they, they go into a pop punk song called totally fucked. Yeah, so. it's very, uh, uh, like, modern teen problems, yeah. but, like, not teen problems. Um, the, there's the part of me that wonders if Spring Awakening is still relevant today, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think people still like it. I, yeah. It's, they did, like, another revival of it not that long ago, Right, I think. and I think that that one was done with sign language interpreters and it yes. seemed really cool. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like teenagers probably know more about sex now because of the internet. Well, that obviously, I mean, <laughs> well, so that's the, the themes and metaphors of spring awakening. In other words, you couldn't adapt this because they could look all this shit up. Like, Spring Awakening is basically like a cautionary tale of like what happens if you Don't teach abstinence-only te- yeah. education. <laughs> like pretty much like if you don't tell your kids what's going on, they have to figure all this shit out for themselves. They're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Either by botched abortion or suicide. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Um, now that we've touched on every musical and every, uh, I almost said Stephen King again, Tim Burton movie. Um, sure. They're friends. I'm sure they've hung out once. I, I'd like to see Tim Burton do a Stephen King movie. Yeah. I'd go see it. I could, I would be curious. Um, I don't know which one he would do. I don't know if it would be like, Oh, (laughs) 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 I feel like, if he did something like Pet Cemetery, it would be like so stupid and so dark and extra. Like I think he has to pick something that's like really campy. Um, he could remake um, Maximum Overdrive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would watch that. <laughs> Love it. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Sweeney Todd? I mean, I love it. This is a good musical. Uh, I have my own feelings about this adaptation, but like, it's still just like the source material is so good that I can't dislike it that much. I'm going to see if I could find that video and link it in the show notes. Um, The which video? uh, Of the the original cast. I, it shouldn't be that hard to find. It's like, uh, pretty well, I think it's like the most well-known version apart from this one. I'll, like I said, I'll try to see if I can find that. Excuse me. But, uh, yeah, Uh, I like this too. Um, I'm also probably going to post this on or around Halloween. 
Um, Perfect. Because themes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to hit end. Oh. Trimming of the head. Soothing skin massage. Sit, sir. Sit. You see, sir, a man in fatuate with love, her ardent and eager slave. So fetch the pomade and pomade stone and lend me a more seductive tone. A sprinkling, perhaps, of French cologne. But first, sir, I think a shave. The closest I ever gave. Tis your delight, sir, catching fire from one man to the next. Tis true, sir, love can still inspire the blood to pound a heartly pyre. What more? What more can man, man require than love, sir? More than love, sir. What's her? Women. Ah, yes, women. Pretty women. Stay within you.